listeners, it's that time of the year again, where we take stock of the best cinema that was presented under very specific, (laughs) ever-changing parameters in a time where we really can't go to the theater. That's right, everybody. It's Oscar season. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, it's actually way after Oscar season, but... It's, well, they uh, moved it. Season got moved. I don't know. It looks like February outside to me right now. Uh, yeah, okay. true. <laughs> this week we'll be discussing, comparing, picking apart, arguing over, uh, and likely arguing over this uh, this year's Oscar picks uh, for Best Picture. And we'll talk a bit about a few other categories. But like I said, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to get out there and see those movies these days. Um, I'm joined by my usual best supportings. Yeah. Hmm. So, so I'm a, I'm a star, baby. <laughs> I'm comfortable with background, to be honest. You, su- you support me all the time, Sean. What are you talking about? We'll just say this was a category what? fudging situation. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe you, you had more screen time, but Robin Williams was the, the you know the headliner. You're the Ed Norton. Yeah, they had to put him on the poster so people would come to the movie. But yeah, and I then know. everyone's surprised when it's it's to more stop. of an Ed Norton movie than yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, and maybe 2021 will be your year. Um, but uh, we've uh, this well this past uh, kind of couple of weeks we've watched quite a few, but not all. Some have eluded us of the best picture nominees, and a few uh, other things just sort of sprinkled throughout. But first, you guys, let's just talk about the Academy Awards for but a moment. So as we mentioned, uh, they usually happen in February, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, of course, April right now. Um, so they have been delayed. And uh, this is really an extremely rough year for moviegoers. So what, like, what, is, what are these awards about? What are, we, what are we watching when we tune in to see this thing? What are we seeing? Great Thoughts? question. I feel like things this that is people a... paid to see online or were made by streaming services. I think is mostly the answer. Maybe. Yeah. Uh. C- yeah. Because last April, I was just reading and prep for the show. Like they, we, we, we've all been. Well, I've been quite vocal on the show about what the Oscars are in terms of having to come out in a theater and all these separate little things that you have to make sure you do to even be considered. But um, they relaxed a lot of them. I think probably just to function at all. And uh, it's just kind of really strange, but maybe we're seeing some things we wouldn't have. Yeah, mm. like, like maybe how many of the best picture films were released on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Like, that's I guess that speaks. I don't know. Maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe that's just how things are going anyway. But especially this year, yeah, it feels like well, that. and uh, they still had to have some sort of screening in L.A. To so I think like I don't know if they just sold tickets to nobody, you know. Like I don't know if the I don't know I don't know if the theaters remained open this whole time and people could still go. I don't know if they just said it's opening and no one showed up and that checked off that box so that they didn't have to worry about it. I have no idea. Yeah, based on what I've seen from America on the internet, it does sort of seem like nothing ever changed for them and they just all I continued think, living their lives. True. And no. no, I was about to say something else, and you know what, guys, I'm gonna hold that in inside. <laughs> yeah, um, when they go low, you go high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Madame Obama. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I would I it all it especially seems that way for a certain class of people, and I would say the quote unquote Hollywood elite is uh, mm-hmm. is part of that class. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that. Everybody was just going to premieres and stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, that like a big part of me doesn't want to believe that, but knows it's true. But also, <laughs> Sorry, who John. are we kidding? All of those people have all been vaccinated. <laughs> well, right. Be- that's the other long thing. Before, way before we had access. Mm-hmm. Even, even before we even knew it was ready, they had it. Um, <laughs> that got a little bleak, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> uh, um all right so but as like, i said accessibility this week, oh. to the films it was a, i feel like a bit of a thing like we were just talking earlier there's a few mm-hmm. that that you know with all of the good intentions we had to try and watch them th- at least three or four of the best picture nominees you could only just rent for 20 bucks just no streaming mm-hmm. anywhere and yeah. 
that's, you know, for us to pay a hundred bucks to watch five films, that's nothing. That's not nothing for us. It's, it's true. Right. And it's not, a, you know, it's not a night out either. We're not getting taken out. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, and I, yeah, I guess there is some, there's a lot of talk about like, just sort of like paying to maintain the industry, mm. which I guess has some merit and like, you know, it's true, they are still making the same product that we're viewing essentially in the same way, um, even if it's not, you know, at a venue with others where you could get coughed on to the nth degree. But, oh, I um, wish. Maybe, <laughs> Preferably, remember, honestly. You guys remember the good old days before we had to get sealed in pods to go watch a movie? <laughs> I wish there were pods. That would be great. Oh, man, it'd be so convenient, right? I would take, I've been hesitant about taking the child, but I would, like, if it was, like, kind of soundproof, I'd take her. Mm. And it'd be fine. She could scream, do whatever she needed to do. But, uh, anyway. I, I anyway. Would, I wouldn't feel comfortable seeing a silent screaming child in a pod next to me, but. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't feel great about that either. I wouldn't, it wouldn't hit right for me. I'm sure you guys, it's totally normal. It's totally fine. <laughs> I think there's also the added element of things that you access through a streaming service that you're already paying for. It's kind of mm -hmm. like the Disney premium release situation. Yeah. Where yeah. I think there is just like, for me at least, there's it feels wrong. Like it's like, I've already paid for this, you know? Mm -hmm. Which I know isn't the case, especially when you're talking about like paying to maintain the industry. And I do agree, Jared, that there's merit to that and it's important yeah. but there is something like it it definitely adds some resistance i would say oh certainly and i, I like, don't want to give uh, walt another dang cent well yeah especially well, we jeff or walt jeff or walt <laughs> <laughs> uh but we've recently hit hit this up in our household because uh we've been watching all the marvel things mm. at some point one of these marvel movies is going to come out it's gonna be the extra amount of money to watch it and the other thing where, like, like if we get this, do we watch it? Can we watch it on every account? Or can only just one person mm. watch? You know, like, mm. I don't know what the exact parameters of this are. But, um... Well, I guess yeah, Dad's gonna have to get this... off his wallet and find out. Well, that's not the way I'm gonna find <laughs> out. Anyway. <laughs> I have to be friends with someone who's done it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, as I've said, this week we tried to watch as many of the Best Picture nominations as we could. Uh, we did pretty well. I think we actually got quite a bit of coverage here. Mm -hmm. um, the the nominees for Best Picture are... But, uh, I, won't, I, I will not read the names underneath. I'll just read the titles. Um, the Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Nomad Land. <laughs> they gotta put the space in there. It's killing me. Um, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. I almost read that very wrong. Chicago. Chicago. Um, Chicago. Chicago. Um, uh, what do you guys want to talk about first? Hmm. Ladies' choice. Uh, any, any, uh, any, any big winners in your, uh, in your viewings, Sonia? Hmm. I'm going to be honest. The three I watched, I don't know that any of them are best picture to me. Although I don't mm. even know that best picture carries a lot of yeah. weight for me anymore. Um, you know, Parasite winning was correct and we feel good about that. Mm -hmm. Will anything yep. ever compensate for Green Book? I don't know. That is what that mm -hmm. is the hill that I personally will die on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, if I can interrupt, the other thing that I've been wrestling with, and I think we talked about it, but how was Endgame not a part of this conversation? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I, I can't remember how that got resolved. I think we just like threw up our hands and carried it. But it's like the most successful thing ever. Mm. So how know, is it not even at least? You know, the, you know the Oscars situation where they're like, if, it, if it's a superhero film, we just do not agree that it has merit. Even though, Black, even in terms Black of... Black Panther. Yeah, but... Wait, was Black Panther nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, yeah Black Panther got some stuff. Uh, not for I Best have... Picture, though, I don't think. Yeah, I thought so. I'm shook. I'm what? shook and shocked. I'm, I'm it feels like 200 years ago. It really it does. Um, but yeah, it could definitely, even for like technical awards, it could have gotten a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, I forgot Endgame was even in the right time. Me too. 
What do you mean? That in the also right feels time? like two hundred years ago. It, I didn't think oh. of it as coming out like within the parameters of the Oscars. This this. Oh, Oscars. Well, I mean, not this, not this, not this year's, right? But like, I was just looking at past, like wondering how oh. the most successful movie of all time wasn't, you know, in terms of sins of the past, as you were mentioning. Um, it uh, Black Panther was nominated for best fi- for best mm. picture in twenty nineteen. Where was I? What was going on with me? <laughs> the okay. fact also that I got so confused about time and was like, did Endgame come out last year? <laughs> I was so confused. You guys, what That's year okay. is it? True. Uh, it's 2045. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Actually, I do remember now because Black Panther got a lot of awards for like costume and set stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but it was, it, it lost. That and Black Klansman lost to Green Book. That was the right. stunning upset. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is it's the time before time. <laughs> We're in the present. We're talking about the now. The past is Um There we go. Uh, when are you guys, what was your favorite one you watched? Go. Okay. I will say that uh, Minari was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not a new opinion. It is nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> that's not the hottest of takes. But it is what it is probably the film I enjoyed the most of all of these. Uh, mm. I have not seen Nomadland because, um, well, it's an oversight for me. But Disney Plus keeps saying that they're going to add it soon, and so I was like, "Well, I'm not going to buy you for 12, 20 bucks." That um, makes sense. But so yeah, that to, that being said, that is everyone's probably best pick for best picture and best director. But I think Minari. Was very good, mm. and it is very complex family dynamics. A lot of, honestly, I was like Stephen Young is a very good actor. Uh, mm-hmm. He should have maybe gotten I have some recognition, of maybe some more for this. He's a very distant kind of stoic '80s dad, um, a little withholding, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed seeing him in this weird American Gothic type of film. Cool. And also, yeah. obviously, oh, uh, Yu Jung Yoon was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She'd probably win. She should win. She's really good. Um, she plays the grandmother. She is a very... She does a great performance. Yeah. A stunning performance, I would say. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I really loved Minari of the of the ones I've seen. Um, I still really want to watch Judas and the Black Messiah and Nomadland and The Father. Honestly, don't have strong feelings about the Trial of the Chicago Seven. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I have it in me to Sorkin it up right now, you guys. Um, oh. And Make I'm like curious about, but again, I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, it's a movie about movies. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, I refer I, to it as yeah. wank. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I that's that is a hot take, Sean. Um, yeah, Minari was so affecting and different from what I expected. A bit like I'm not sure exactly what I expected. I guess like I don't know. I don't know what I expected, but it 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 yeah. It was very very touching and complicated and and lovely. Um. Promising young woman. I was texting Sean about this last night. I have really complicated feelings about this movie. Honestly, mm-hmm. I I can't make heads nor tails of how I feel about it a bit. Um, yeah. And Sound of Metal. I I I don't know why I'm going through them all fast now. No, that's fine. <laughs> Just giving you my rundown. Um, I I did like it. Um, again, not quite what I expected. Anyway, I'm curious Ooh. to hear your thoughts. Um. Well, I'll jump in on Promising Young Woman. Uh, I didn't, this is the maybe like cut off from TV situation or, you know, like I just don't see the ads or hear about it from you guys and then presume it's about X and it's not. Um, it's, I've seen this movie before. This is Mm. by far the best version of it. Um, and I, well, I, I, I'm going to be very forward with this. It's what's her name? Carrie? Mulligan. Mulligan? Mulligan. Yeah, really not my favorite. Mm. And I like 
I'm immediately like, like, don't want to watch a thing <laughs> if she's in it, which is not fair. Like, it's just not a, a you know, it's just something. I don't know why. This I'm is not I think we all track. have performers like that. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I'm fully willing to admit that it's literally nothing on her end and <laughs> yeah. fully me. <laughs> like, like, That's good. you know, she's a person doing what she wants and doing a good job of it. And I'm the one being like, eh. but, um, you know, she did a good job. It filled me with such dread the mm. entire time, which I thought was really incredible. Um, that made it a little predictable, mm. maybe okay. like you, like it's. It's a train wreck. She's kind of an her character's kind of an awful person, right? Like oh, she's a she's it, a disaster. She's a mess. right, like 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 she's not okay. The things she's doing are not okay. Mm-hmm. Do am I gonna finish this movie? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna see how it plays out. Um, but uh, really, like the whole cast really knocked it out of the park, mm-hmm. and those guys were able to play douchebags so easily and so well. And so believably, it was just like, oh, oh, this is, this is gross. That opening shot with just khakis dancing. Oh, oh that, like, was, like, that was haunting. I laughed so hard at that. The khakis dancing was my favorite shot. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. To Charlie XCX's boys. Like, it's just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this is, the, and this is where this whole thing kind of comes in, in terms of Oscar. Because it's like, is this a best picture? You know, like, you're just like. Yeah. It's not what we're used to seeing. Yeah, so right? like and that when, might be okay. When I went into it, I had this preconceived notion that it was going to be a revenge film and that we would yes. follow uh Carrie Mulligan as she does some Kill Bill style just like you know, getting even uh with all these dudes and putting her plan into motion. Um and actually mm-hmm. she just is kind of, she's very uh She's disturbed and like her, like spoiler alert, her friend um, suffered a a tragedy and she is uh, trying to like sort of get revenge on people, but she is still, it affected her so badly and she's still messed Mm -hmm. up. She never pulls off any of her things very well. Nobody ever learns from what she does. Like there's a scene where a guy that she threatens, he's like, wait that's you like nobody stops doing what they're doing but she just keeps trying to like uh do it uh molly shannon comes in to be like you're crazy you need to let this go and she's like i won't be doing that and so it she is, almost did she almost did in that way it really turned my expectations completely over um mm-hmm. and then also when i was texting sonia there's a lot of very handy script writing things Mm. Where it's just like, it's just so lucky that, you know, Alison Brie kept a phone for 10 years or mm. like just things just kind of worked out or like the ending. I'm like, oh, this plan worked out well. Not <laughs> obviously <laughs> part of the plan did not work mm-hmm. out well, but. But I think that I mean. was her plan. Like, I think that way, you know, that was I think that was the. Yeah. 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 But, I. I have really mixed feelings about so much of it because, well, first of all, I want to say um, anyone who might be triggered about stuff to do with sexual violence, this movie is going to trigger you. Like it is, I can't really articulate how hard it is to watch this movie as a survivor. Like it, it, so much of it is so real and it's like, the juxtaposition between the kind of like over the top, really stylistic, really kind of, yeah, like easy plot points and like, you know, color and like the the juxtaposition between that and the like sheer horrific reality and mundaneness of some of the stuff that happens is part of what just like guts you. Mm. And, um, it's really hard because the so the ending, which I think we should maybe talk about. Sure. I yeah. so spoiler for the end of Promising Young Woman. If you don't want it spoiled, skip ahead a bit. Um, when basically she goes to exact this final revenge on the person who assaulted her friend, 
And her plan goes wrong, quote unquote, although she kind of like prepared for it to go wrong. Mm -hmm. And he murders her. And Mm -hmm. honestly, that is one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to watch in a movie. Just the, just something about the, it's long, it's brutal, it's cold. It's like, it just is, it just is awful. And, Mm -hmm. but I think, and I've gone back and forth on this a bunch of times because I think it was really important for this movie that she kind of did depict this reminder of even in the context of these revenge fantasies and even when women are quote unquote getting their revenge, there is still always the physical danger that a man can and like can overpower you and that you're in physical danger. Mm -hmm. And so I think in a way that kind of like made a lot of sense. And, but then I was reading a review today that was talking about how like it doesn't really work ultimately because it's a criticism of the justice system that didn't indict these people in the first Mm -hmm. place. So how are we to believe that they're actually going to see justice now? Mm -hmm. Like that that same justice system will convict them when uh, he can make the argument that it was self-defense. Well, I think, I think the whole, I I think the whole thesis that we is revealed, right? Because it is clouded for so long and in a very skillful way, but it comes to the point of like, for anything to happen, this is how far she needs to go, right? Because she keeps escalating and doing things. Mm. And like, at one point she kidnaps a child and there are no repercussions. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's, it's crazy. Like that's yeah. not what would happen. She knows her name. There's all these different, yeah. you know, elements. Right. So I, I think that the point is like for them to get any kind of movement, it has to be a crime of the highest degree. And it has to like, it's all of these, you know, these things. And I think that the point that she is always trying to make is that this individual is a predator and ultimately a coward who will save himself to do with, you know, like this whole, so I do think that the very final calculated move to sacrifice herself to remove these people from the equation was what was going on. But the point is, like, I don't know that that would work. Yeah, and also, I don't know. and also, it it kind of takes all of the agency and the power away from her mm-hmm. and Nina. Like, it, like it sort of is this like winky ending of like I had the last laugh. But she mm-hmm. didn't have the last laugh. And also, in reality, the likelihood that he could still get off from that is not high. small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does, like, I. it actually is a lot more hollow than I think it might be. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I think men, frankly, I think men should have to watch this movie. I don't know that women will like get a lot from it to be honest other than maybe just like some validation but it's in a pretty horrific way Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i feel and it's also just randomly the tone will shift so mm -hmm. weirdly like there's a like i should mention that everyone in the film is a comedian Mm -hmm. um and so you're they're all you're always kind of waiting for some but they're all playing serious and so you're kind of mm-hmm. always waiting for like Jennifer Coolidge to be Jennifer Coolidge when she's actually just like a sad mom. And it's kind of a weird tone, except there's a weird montage in the middle where Bill Burnham sings Stars Are Blind. And mm-hmm. wait, Bill, Bur- and Bill it, Burnham? Bill Burnham. Bill Burnham. Yeah, <laughs> that was the creepiest part of the whole thing. Like you knew it was like... It seemed so happy that you knew it was going to go horrible. Yeah, right? I was like, like that what was like, movie are we watching? This is like from Easy A or something. But I think that was intentional. It, I think it was like mm-hmm. to set it up as this scene from a cheesy rom com, but mm-hmm. in this way where you kind of you can feel that it's off. And I yeah. think it's to illustrate this feeling that I think many women have had, where you realize like, oh, this guy who's supposed to be the good one is actually not to be this person, just like the rest of them. I know that's mm-hmm. complicated, but still. Um, yeah. And and yeah, and I think I agree with you, Sean, about the, like, especially Molly Shannon and Jennifer Coolidge. With all the men, I actually think it was really brilliant because it establishes this um, familiarity and, like, and and sense of ease. And so they're all, like, these nice, familiar guys who we all know. 
and that is like an important part i think of the the kind of narrative of it all but yeah it's yeah complicated movie uh, it is did a you guys, complicated uh, movie. yeah did you guys this just a quick did you see eighth grade did you watch that no i want to still uh it's yeah it's bo burnham's film about a girl in the eighth grade uh it's very good it has a scene that also kind of addresses this mm-hmm. and that's why i wondered if he's like like interested in helping make these depictions so that people can you know have these conversations um the the one in eighth grade is insane like it is it's it's not funny mm. and it's it's not as horrific but it is like this like crazy like weird terrifying logic that uh, some men apparently actually have uh, but with that being said we need to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio tuned into the community we'll be right back welcome back you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM Regina Community Radio uh, we're just hanging around talking about the best picture nominees for the upcoming is it the 93rd Oscars I think um but uh, you guys, just really quick, does anyone know uh, what time it is? Does anyone have an idea what time? What time I of day? have no oh. idea what time. Night time. Yeah. It's game time, people. They're so surprised every time. For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally like, I it was like maybe two minutes this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. You guys, are you ready to play the game? I think I am. Yes. This week's title is Do Not Split. The title again, Do Not Split. Mm, Do do not not split. split. Okay. Um, Yeah, you go. You go, Sean. Okay, I'll go. (laughs) Um, I think Do Not Split is in the animated short uh, category. Mm-hmm. And I think it is an animated short about two pieces of a cardboard box in a warehouse. And it says on the bottom, do not split. And something happens and they get separated. Oh, and they're no. in love. I forgot to say that important piece of information. And it's about them, um, you know, like being separated in the warehouse and maybe one actually like goes on a journey. Oh, I know. They get put together put back together with different halves of boxes. And then one mm-hmm. of the boxes gets shipped out and the other one gets shipped out somewhere else. And it's, you know, it's about them like living their lives separately. And then they come back together at a recycling center. <gasps> at the wow. end. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Wow. That's very okay. Sweet. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, what's um, uh, do not split about? So I believe is also, yeah, an animated film. Um, and it is about a, uh, a, a, it's a bit of a political, uh, you know, drama and it's about all of these different things that go on strike, uh, like things like a banana, peas, um, atoms, mm-hmm. they all go on strike and their signs <laughs> are like, do not split because they're tired of all of them being, uh, split all the time. And so then they are going against the the government the splitters and um mm-hmm. it's really it's pretty intense things they're, get they're quite taking wild. this the, they're staying the, together by force think the trial of the chicago seven by bananas and and peas the items <laughs> united but of, will never be but of course splitted <laughs> splitted <laughs> but, but of course um well uh uh yeah i'm uh i'm Whoa. happy and intrigued to say that you guys are uh, incorrect in every way, shape, or form. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, so now for something completely different. Uh, Do Not Split is a 2020 American-Norwegian documentary short film um, about the 2019-2020 Hong Kong protests. Oh. Um, I was shot close. By, you were close. Shot, shot and edited. Shot and is it edited by? Uh, direct, we'll just say directed by Anders Hammer, which might be the best uh, director name I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's in the, the short documentary category. It's about 35 minutes long. Did well at Sundance. Um, but uh, they went to the protests and shot on the ground, which is wow. what they thought was sort of like, like really giving the, you know, like the real experience. Um, and uh, it sounds really cool. And I would like to watch it, but have no idea how. 
Um, right in, Mr. Sean, Hammer. There we go. Let Thank you know. guys for playing the game. Thank you. That's the I kind hope, of movie I'm, that I I'm feel you guys... will probably end up on a library service, if I'm honest. Mm. Oh, we can talk to Hoopla, the... we can talk to Canopy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a Sundance thing as mm-hmm. well. It'll be on there. It'll be on there. Um, of course, we're talking about Best Picture nominees today with the Oscars looming. Um, uh, I'm going to jump in with one here. Uh, I watched The Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. do, you, do either of you know what this is about at all? Isn't I read it about the a man with dementia? Yeah. And I said, you know what? I don't need to watch this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is so good. Uh, and Anthony Hopkins is amazing Mm. like he he is just able to like be every moment of this man named anthony so let's not get confused okay uh i think that there was some stuff going on with them shooting in covid because there were times where i thought that they would get together where they like really kept people apart and in like one shot so i didn't know if they were in the room Mm. together or not which actually might be like a bit a bit more chops to them, sort of, like, being able to pull that off. I'm not sure if that's what happened. Um, the really cool thing about this movie is that it's from his perspective. So time is not linear. It's, like, like a depiction of dimension, how he sort of, like, makes his way through this world. Uh, and the other thing that's really cool is all of the, most of the actors shift between a few different roles because he can't tell who he's talking mm-hmm. to. Um, anyway, it's super well done. Uh, it addresses some pretty freaky issues. Um, it is ultimately pretty sad, but it's just a really incredible, uh, film. Yeah, it seems like something I will watch when I need to cry. Uh, you'll definitely cry, but, uh, yeah, not in a good way. I heard that, well, yeah. Sad cry. I heard that Olivia Coleman is really good as well. Yeah, no, everyone really knocks it out of the park. And, uh, I, I still think... Uh, I I can't think of the last time Anthony Hopkins acted this well. Like I, I can't think of that. At you all. must be like, forgetting he... the Mask of Zorro. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> this might be better, Sean. This might be better. You might be I missing really his best that. role ever. I'm not drawing that line in the Z. That Z in the I can't come up with that. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not slashing a Z in your uh, bodice right now, but. <laughs> Um, anyway, I do encourage people to check it out because it was really good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what what else should we talk about? Uh, Mank? Uh, yeah, we could do Mank. What do people think of Um, it? Mank, I feel like, started this Oscar season big, big swinging hammer, Mm -hmm. Andrew's hammer, and it's just really lost a bunch of steam. And I don't think it's going to get too much. It might get, it does have really good cinematography. Maybe, um, pro- maybe they'll do some sort of score because it's got a, a Resner and an Atticus Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a classic, just like Hollywood loves Hollywood. It's, yeah. it's full of like maybe Hollywood Easter eggs that I think if you were sort of obsessed with stuff like that, you would be like, Oh, that's that person, and this is that situation. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I, I do. Uh, Amanda Seyfried was nominated for best act or for best supporting actress, and I do really like her. Mm-hmm. In this. She's really, yeah, she's like one of the most real of this strange sort of all these strange people, um, and she's just really a breath of fresh. But I don't think she's gonna get it, and. Yeah, I don't know. I think it really lost steam. Uh, I I think, like, it's always... I was actually talking to Ellen about this before the show. There's always, like, the movies that are like, oh, this is for an Oscar. Like, that's why they make... Like, that's, you know, like, that's what this is. Um, And I think that, like, there are these really cool, fun, interesting Hollywood stories that happened a long time ago that I think we all do want to hear about. Um, Gary Oldman's really great. And a lot of the performances are really good. Like, there's a ton of people I really genuinely like in this movie. Um, but uh, it just feels like it's, like, for an Oscar. Mm. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing to say. But, like, that's... It's like The Revenant. You know, like, I oh, liked it. Yeah. It was well done. It was good. 
it was for an Oscar. Like, that's why they did it. So that's that's just the vibe I get. And I think that that honestly, like, hurts it. Like, I don't know if it would have been better if they, like, eliminated themselves from getting Best Picture by showing it in, I don't know. Right. Some Kansas first, like, to just, like, have the premiere so they were not a, a option. But, um, yeah, it just, the, the whole time it was just like, that's what they're gunning for. Yeah, black and white, we know what you're up to. We know what you're up to. We see you. We know. We know. Amanda Seyfried does uh, look really pretty, though. That's my contribution oh, to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Those eyelashes. She uh-huh. does. She does, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Well, Is there I, anything that you really hated? Uh, I don't know if there's any, nothing that I watched that I really hated. Like, I, I <laughs> this is maybe the first time ever that I actually want to see every nominee for Best Picture, mm. yeah. which yeah. is interesting because it's also, as they are touting far and wide, the most diverse nominees of all time, which is like, okay, the bar is underground, so <laughs> like, let's maybe not get too excited that we've now finally nominated an Asian woman for Best Director and there are two women at the same time, which is yeah. like half of all the total nominees who are Radical. women of all Radical. time. Radical. Um, but I do think it's really interesting that a movie about the Black Panther Party is nominated for Best Picture. And I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it, so I don't feel like I can really speak to it. But mm-hmm. I'm very curious to watch it. I've heard great things about the performances. Um, yeah, yeah, this is one of the I just ones, find it interesting. This is one of the ones that I think people are like, Daniel Kaluuya is the star of the film. How come he's being nominated for best yes. supporting? Um, so yeah, I guess there's some, you know, a bit of category messing around, which is fine. And they do that every year. But yeah, again, I haven't seen it yet. But I am really mm-hmm. interested. Yeah. No, um, there and there are like, there are a few... I don't know. I don't know how to say this without being blunt. I I turned off Trial of the Chicago Seven. It oh, came out okay. a long time ago. I didn't. I didn't know that it was like. I now know that it's an Oscar nominated situation. Um, but I don't. And and this is sort of true of Mank as well. I don't know what the draw of the recreation of the real is. Mm-hmm. But it's such a hard like. I think that people think like a performance of an existing person is such a high bar. Yeah. Because year after year you see it, right? Like you again yeah. and again. And you know, like what is, this I don't is know, not a bunch only of these a are. biographical film. It is like eight biographical films all in the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I do think that that might be kind of akin to like things sort of being films that maybe should be miniseries. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're at the point now where like, Oh, we need five hours. Like, we do need the five. So maybe we should alter the format, but then you don't get the Oscar, right? Like that, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know that those are happening. I don't know that those discussions are, I think they have to be, right? They've got to, oh, yeah. It's got to be some sort of, but, um, I'm, I'm, I just constantly wonder if, like, the line between movie and show is getting so blurred that the Oscars needs to address it. Yeah, they should just have and, a category for, you know, a best sort of series mm-hmm. or something. Even something I guess that yeah. takes away. Yeah, I guess it would morph into the Emmys, but yeah, I gotta I gotta look into the Emmy situation and learn a bit more about their like. Are their criteria as stringent? Like, is it just a show? Like, is that uh, unclear? I don't even know. I don't even know what one of the Emmys you guys. Um, Why yeah, did we, we should Trial of the Chicago Seven. It's yeah, it's fine. It's a lot of Aaron Sorkin-y like speeches, mm. like grand speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like, can you believe what happened? Or, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's a real pat on the back of like, we're showing what, like, that we were on the right side of history when it's like, I'm sure, I'm sure you were not Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. Right. Um, and it's just a a literal pile of dudes. There's one, one Mm. woman is on, Mm -hmm. she has, she, uh, is a witness for, She's like an undercover cop. She has like four lines. There's, it's, I don't know. It was just like whatever to me. I did not expect it to be nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, no, I was, I started to watch it when it came out 
And I was like, this just, you know, that's the whole Netflix thing. You, like, give it 10 or 15 minutes, and Mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, this isn't doing it. And then later to find out, like, oh, you know, this is, uh, like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, Sonia, what did you think of Sound of Metal? I, I I mean, I liked it. I thought uh, Riz Ahmed did an amazing job. Like, he, um, yeah, a, a really really strong performance and I was reading some stuff about his process in terms of learning ASL and like I think in terms of deaf and hard of hearing representation this is definitely like a step in the right direction like I know there was criticism of having a hearing actor in the lead role um and a couple of the other roles are played by hearing actors um But then there were also, you know, people from the production, like a lot of the deaf and hard of hearing actors um, surrounding who who said a lot of, you know, positive things about their feelings that it was, you know, an attempt at meaningful representation and not just kind of, you know, inspiration porn. Um, Mm -hmm. I had, I I don't know, I, um, there was a lot of really interesting stuff happening with sound and I really appreciate the way that... um, they sort of represented um they sort of represented the way it might feel to become deaf and sort of put the hearing audience in the position of being the minority like by not subtitling um the sign language for a period and um yeah like i as far as i understand there were some real kind of technological and and technical um feats and i think that definitely came across even like watching it on my crappy tv um nice I guess in terms of the story, though, for me, it's it it just fell a little bit flat because it still kind of ended in this siloing of hearing and deaf or hard of hearing. Like the only the only kind of deaf world that we had was his time at that retreat or at that like um, with that community. And then Mm -hmm. everything else was hearing. And and I think it I mean, the the. The issue of cochlear implants, as far as I understand, is a very complicated and um, difficult conversation that's happened in the deaf and hard of hearing community, Um, you know, because there are people who feel that it's, you know, an attempt to kind of fix something that they, like, that isn't wrong. Um, But I, I just thought it was kind of unfortunate that it did have to be so black and white in the end that, like, like, it didn't, it didn't. His, his relationship to Lou didn't totally make sense to me. Like, the way that that yeah. kind of fell apart didn't totally make sense to me. I would say the last kind of, like, third the third act or so of the movie was where it wasn't as strong for me. Um, but I did like it. And I think, you know, there was there was a lot. Like, it was very powerful and there was a lot to, to like about it. There were just other things that I was like, I'm not as sure. But I don't know. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think they'll probably get some awards for sound. Um, because there is, yeah, that, that moment where the sound just drops away and it's a really terrifying Mm -hmm. experience actually. Uh, and, um, but yeah, you're right. I didn't like, it's really framed in this way of like, um, heavy metal drummer starts losing his hearing, but you don't, you don't really get a good sense of like what it means for him to lose music. Mm-hmm. it's just kind of mm-hmm. it's this part of the film and then it's like okay never mind now it's like his hearing in relation to like Lou or whatever mm-hmm. um but um yeah i i guess i'm not sure quite sure where i fall in it either did i laugh really hard at their band's name being black gammon yes i did same <laughs> same well, there you go um, all right, you guys, we'll, uh, we'll maybe move on to this uh, second category, which is all the other categories of, <laughs> of the Oscars. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to bring up or, or talk about before we uh, talk about what we've been watching? Um, I would just like to bring up Ma Rainey's Black Bottom really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. So Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis are both nominated for Best Actor, Best Actress. They both have a pretty good shot at winning each of them. Uh, Chadwick's posthumously, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's based on an August Wilson play. It's mm. the they both the two artists that they portray are like at odds. 
it's a very like sort of sweaty claustrophobic sort of you know situation of them just trying to record this album uh viola davis's character is very dominant and difficult and so is chadwick um anyway i think that i don't know it could have been nominated for best picture honestly over a few of these Mm. um but yeah i think i think they both have a really good shot i think actually Mm. the top four performance i'll have a great shot of all being people of color oh yeah absolutely which will be uh very interesting yeah uh, Sonia, any thoughts on any of the other categories at all? Well, I mean, I kind of mentioned this, but I do think it's, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that now in 2021, for the very first time ever, we have two two female directors nominated for Best Director. Only one woman has won in the entire history of the Oscars. So it's Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Um, yeah, I just think that that's kind of interesting and it is interesting the conversation that happens around it like how people are like wow this is such a historic moment and it's like but like is it worth are we celebrating though or yeah. are we just like <laughs> saying okay finally yeah like having it's, it's first true. is having first is yeah kind of embarrassing after you know 94 years or whatever you said mm-hmm. right absolutely um, have you guys seen, uh, this is now, again, something completely different. Uh, have you guys seen Burrow on Disney Plus? Have you yeah. seen this movie? Uh, it's up for Best Animated Short. I have not seen any of the others, so I, like, you know, I'm not saying that this one's gonna win. Uh, it is really fun about a bunny trying to, um, uh, figure out a place for his home. Aww. Uh, and, uh, it's a, it's a fun little, like, five minute thing of this bunny and all these other underground creatures sort of coexisting. And, uh, it, uh, it's definitely a, a heartwarming thing. And believe me, children love it. So is it about how humans <laughs> are destroying cute. the earth? Nope. Not at all. Great. Love it. Nope. Not. There's <laughs> no, the only human element is sort of the personification of some of the things the animals do. Yeah. So no, f- like no wear fern, little gully vibes. Too. They do. Yeah. <laughs> um one one sorry one quick thing that i do think is nice i actually am really happy that maria bakalova got nominated for a supporting actress for her role in borat subsequent movie film just because like she she really did that you know and i'm happy that she was recognized for her zaniness i still haven't seen it i know like she won't win and she shouldn't win but i'm happy I have such a bad cringe factor, as you know. Yeah, I know. I but know. I'm like, I would love to watch this, but I would hate Honestly, to watch this. Just even watch the clips of her with Rudy Giuliani in the hotel room <laughs> because she actually deserves like a, a service to humanity award for that one. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, you guys. Well, unless it, so, anyone has anything else they want to say, we'll put a pin in this. And we'll and see I will who ask, comes out on top. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. We'll find out how we did. Um, and then I'm going to ask the age-old question about what you guys watching. You guys watching anything cool? Well, I um. Oh, um, yeah. oh sorry, you go, Sean. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Very sputtery today. Well, I was going to say I took a page from your book, Jeremy, and I watched Goldfinger. Nice. And it. Uh, I should watch a few more of these. It was really fun. It was... Um, I like the Sean Connery versions. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. He. It's also like... The, the choreo and like the fight scenes are so funny. Because they're very <laughs> minimal in the 60s. Like Sean Connery's just no like... Sense. Ah, like, <laughs> like pushes someone against a wall. <laughs> like it's it's very minimal. Uh, but I like I like seeing that. I think Sean Connery like saw a still image of a person karate chopping someone once. Yeah. And he just thinks it's a slap. And that's what he kind of does. Like it's not a karate, it's a slap. He slaps yeah. a lot of people. And he does like a really big if he wants to punch, he does a really big sort of childlike wind up like behind him, like a cartoon. <laughs> He's like pulls it way back. <laughs> um so that was really charming to see. Um and yeah, this one 
this one is with uh, Pushy Galore, and she is great. She has this, like, she's a pilot. She trains other hot lady pilots to Ooh. commit crimes. Mm-hmm. She And she's, like, sort of uh, just a, a fun queer character, queer-coded character in James Bond. Anyway, I had fun with it. Nice. Cool. Sonia? Um, I started watching a docuseries from HBO um, <laughs> because I hate myself <laughs> called <laughs> Q Into the Storm um, by uh, Cullen Holbeck, I think. Yeah, Cullen Holbeck is his name. And I honestly am really disappointed in this series because I think the QAnon story is such an interesting and important one in terms of the misinformation conversation and, you know, the power of conspiracy theories. But it basically disregards all of the best practices about how a journalist should talk about conspiracy theories and makes it fun and gamified and makes it this fun mystery of who Q is and sort of makes fun of the people who believe this conspiracy theory, which is very counterproductive in terms of reporting on a conspiracy theory. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I think he kind of got in too deep and inserted himself into the narrative and wanted to be the person who unmasked Q. And um, I'm probably going to finish the series, to be honest, just to kind of see how it ends. But um yeah, I just, I'm like, this isn't the Q documentary that we need, you know? Like, what we need is an actual investigation of the broader ecosystem that makes these things happen and, like, why they happen and how we can make them not happen. But, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, with that, you guys, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sonia and Sean, everyone here at CJTR, and to our listeners. Spoiler Alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. My Electric is coming up next. See you next week. Bye. Bye.